And this is the fourth time in our careers where we've seen the dots are all lining up and it's all gonna, it's all playing out the exact same way as these last four massive shifts have happened. And so we're like, all right, let's put the farm on this one. This one is a no brainer. This is absolutely where we're gonna be for the next decade. And we're investing heavily in the voice space. I was born with several palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. And today we are talking about the future of voice technology. Bum, 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 bum. Listen, I've never even thought about this. Can I be real? I never thought about it. I just be saying, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, all the time. And I don't think about where this technology is actually heading. But listen, I connected with Scott Westwater over on LinkedIn. I have an interview series over there as well called LinkedIn Leaders. It's a daily Monday through Friday mini series that I connect with leaders on, well, LinkedIn. And Scott was one of the interviews I had. And he was sharing with me about what he does in the voice space and where all this stuff is heading. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. It's absolutely, it's just nuts. So this episode is a little bit different than the ones we normally have. Normally we dig into a little bit more of the story and the idea of impact and purpose and get all deep on you. Uh, But this is just a really valuable conversation, I think, to have as leaders Because part of leadership is understanding what's going on in the world and also understanding what's coming and what that means for our work and the kind of impact that we want to make. Plus, Scott is just super cool. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. But before we get started, we are doing a Just Start Challenge over on Facebook. Just Start. It is a three-day-long challenge where it is exactly what it sounds like. It's helping those of us who want to create something meaningful in the world and put out our work, and yet we hesitate for different reasons. Maybe you are uh, just afraid of it not working. Maybe you struggle with indecision and knowing which thing to pursue. Maybe it's consistency. Whatever it may be that keeps you from just starting, we want to talk about that. And it's completely free. It's just a community and some videos and some ideas that I want to share with you. What you can do is you can click the link in the show notes to access that or search for three day start challenge on Facebook. You can find me Heather Parody over on Facebook and all that good stuff. Would love to have you a part of that. All right, my friends, let's get into this conversation with Scott Westwater on the future of voice technology. Friends, we have Scott Westwater with us. He is the co-founder of Pragmatic, which is a strategy consulting company that he created with his wife, Susan. How cool is that? So they're a husband-wife team, and they work in the voice space. They have experience of 20-plus years helping Fortune 500 brands solve business problems by understanding customer needs, and now they're transferring all of that into this voice space, helping people understand customers' needs 
within using voice technology. And we had a conversation, Scott, on LinkedIn. Side note, if you guys aren't connected with me on LinkedIn, head over to LinkedIn, look up Heather Parody. I want to be your friend. We have an interview series over there where I'm connecting with leaders. And Scott, we connected and I said, dude, we've got to get you on this show because what you were talking about got me so excited. And it's <laughs> voice technology. And guys, listen, listen to me. I don't know anything about it. So we're coming on the same level. I'm with you. Scott's going to walk us through what the next couple of years he's predicting is going to look like with the voice space and why all of this matters to us as leaders. And I'll say one more thing before I let you go, Scott, but yeah. um, we had an interview with um, Alex Kuhn several months ago. And I don't know if you guys remember, but he was talking about as leaders, one of our responsibilities is to be a forward thinker and to think a few steps ahead of the people we're trying to serve and not only think about the needs that they have today, but also anticipate the needs that are coming. And when I connected with you, Scott, that's what I thought of. I thought of what Alex said to us on the show. So I'm so excited to connect with you. Thanks for jumping on with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Now, before we dig into all this voice technology and what's coming and UFOs yes. and all of that stuff, yep. tell me, Scott, a little bit about your background, where you're coming from. Yeah. So uh, as you said in the intro, my wife and I started Pragmatic. Um, and it's actually kind of a funny little story. We actually did it on December 31st, 2017 at 1036 at night. Woo-hoo! We had kind of been talking about doing it and we're like, well, if we're going to do it, we're running out of 2017. So we actually formed our LLC um, on New Year's Eve. And then we actually got our first client sometime in March. But really from a background perspective, I've been in advertising and marketing for over 20 years. My wife has been in advertising and marketing for over 20 years. I was more on the creative and visual design side. She was on the account management and content strategy side. So really we've kind of seen both sides of the business for the past 20 plus years. And we saw the web become a thing. We saw social media become a thing. We saw um, smartphones and, and mobile really take off and explode. And this is the fourth time in our careers where we've seen the dots are all lining up and it's all gonna, it's all playing out the exact same way as these last four massive shifts have happened. And so we're like, all right, let's bet the farm on this one. This one is a no brainer. This is absolutely where we're going to be for the next decade. And we're investing heavily in the voice space. How are you doing that? So a lot of it has actually been out of our own pocket. So even when we were working full time, uh, spending money to go to conferences, uh, Voice Summit is actually the big conference that happens. The first first one was last July in Newark, New Jersey. They're doing the second one uh, this year, and it's like mid to late July. And that is 5,000 people from all over the world that are in the voice space and talking about every possible thing you can think of related to voice. So if you're a developer, you can monetize stuff. If you're a creator or a podcaster, how you might actually be able to leverage voice to actually get your brand on a new platform. So it's just a great grouping of people, a lot of super smart people, very passionate community that also wants to share and help out as many people as possible. So that's really where we got our intro. Um, so we did that. We went to Gary Vaynerchuk's VoiceCon and really just heard all of these. Yeah, absolutely. And just heard all of these like different things where it just continued to solidify that voice is the right next move. And so that's really 
how we've gone about it. And then, you know, reading books and participating in Twitter and just being part of the community is really how we've gained a lot of knowledge that we've had. So Scott, a couple months ago before we connected, um, I get these emails from the radio industry reading about Mm -hmm. radio and all of that. And one of the things they said was they mentioned making sure that you were on um, Alexa and all of that, that your podcast was set up. So I went in and I set up my podcast for that. And I've, and over the past month or two, I've had multiple more downloads, like an insane, like I was like, why are these huge jumps in my downloads? And I went mm-hmm. and I looked and I saw, uh, I forgot what the name of it. I had to Google what it is and it said it's an Alexa thing. So it's an Alexa, Alexa I'm getting downloads from Alexa. Side yep. note podcasters, there's a tip, but Besides setting up like your podcast or your show mm-hmm. to be compatible with Alexa, what are some other things that as small business owners, podcast hosts, we need to be thinking about? So there's really two main ways to play in the smart speaker space right now. So on the Alexa side, um, you can create a flash briefing or a skill, which skill is really just a fancy name for an app. On the Google side, they call it an action. On Samsung Bigsby, they call it a capsule. Everyone's got their own name, but effectively it's an app. And really with the skill, action, whatever you want to call it, that is kind of a repository for your information. So think about it as a website, except for voice. And so really the skill or action is the new website. And it's really like, you know, who is, who is Heather Parody? And tell me about the podcast and all these different things. That's where that content would actually reside. So when someone asks Alexa specifically a question about you or your podcast, it actually shows up. So the only way you can truly control what shows up by, say, an Alexa or a Google device is actually to have a skill or an action on on those different stores. If you don't do it, it's going to look out for the web and try to figure out, all right, what's the most credible information I can find on this topic? And right now, you're seeing a lot of Wikipedia responses coming back. So a lot of brands even don't necessarily have experiences where the content showing up on these devices because they don't have a skill. They don't have web optimized content for voice. And so like Wikipedia is actually one of the big sources. So I think the, the first area you'd want to focus on is almost like questions that people would want to know about either you or your business and actually focus your skill on those things. Um, the other thing that we need to do, and this is the best part in my opinion about voice, is we really need to get in the heads of our audience and our customers and understand what they need from us. So it's going to actually, flip the marketing paradigm on its head where it's no longer about me as the marketer pushing out my message and just hoping someone buys. It's literally going to be what are the 10 to 15 things my audience needs for me? How can I best actually serve that up? So I give them the information they're looking for. So this is elementary, Scott. You're going to have to yeah, yeah. step down for me. Yeah. So let's say I wanted to create a skill or mm-hmm. Uh, this this website, which I think is cool because websites are a pain in the butt. Anybody who's yep. ever made them. And side note, when's, listen guys, when is the last time you went and visited somebody's website who you listened to? Gary Vaynerchuk, I listen to him every day. When is the last time I went to his website? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, it, it's been it forever. So there's that side note. This voice website that you talk about, I think is the coolest mm-hmm. thing how would I get on that? Like, how would I set up a skill? Like walk me through that. Well, there's a few different ways to do it. And of course there's some easy basic ways to do it. And then there's like the custom development, like full blown app kind of route you could go. But I would say in its most basic form, Amazon actually 
has a framework that they call Blueprint. And so you can actually use, it's almost like a Mad Libs style uh, approach to programming. And so you can use their framework to populate your information in and generate a skill relatively easy. So it's designed for people that aren't super technical, but maybe have a little bit of interest and they're not intimidated by going through, you know, the Amazon platform specifically. Now, beyond that, there's a bunch of platforms that have sprouted up over the past six to eight months where you can actually create your content, publish it to their platform, and then they automatically will push the content to Google, to Amazon, different places like that. And so I think for a podcaster like yourself, um, there's a company that we partner with uh, called Witlingo, but basically you're able to record your audio files and upload it directly into their platform and literally within 15 to 20 seconds of you uploading, your answer is actually on the Alexa device. So they allow you to create skills for Alexa and also the home platform. And then you can push the content to them and then they distribute it for you. So it's very similar if you're using Anchor for podcasting or any of those other types of tools where you upload the content and then it distributes it for you. It's the same kind of concept. Okay. So <clears throat> I would take my podcast episode and I would upload it to, what was the name of the company again? So Witlingo actually has a platform called Castlingo. And so that's the one where you would um, build flash briefings. And then there's one called Buildlingo, which is actually for the full-blown skill, which is more of a question and answer type of a format. So if you are answering a bunch of questions, say about yourself or your podcast or whatever, almost as much as I hate to say it, like a frequently asked questions, but truly being frequently asked that you always get, um, then you can actually record your answers upload that into the platform, and then it knows when someone asks a specific question, if it has the answer, it plays your audio file. Now, one of the things we had talked about in our LinkedIn interview is you, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned kind of rankings and what these technologies choose to play. So let's say I have a skill of like how to drink water, and you have one that says how to drink water. How, does, how do they choose which answer to use if both of us submitted a skill? <clears throat> So it's the um, magic box of search that we're not quite sure what the ranking factors are. Um, we know some basics and it's gonna be a lot of translation from how SEO works on the web. So it's gonna be frequency of use, um, repeat use, if you're updating your content fairly regularly. And that's really how, at least on the Alexa side, they start to rank the skills. And Kind of to dovetail on what you were talking about with the you know two different skills saying the same thing, it works the same way with the web, except if there's a skill that say Amazon deems as having the right answer, that skill is actually going to be the one that gives the answer versus it going out to the web. So I think the, the bigger takeaway is as a business owner, if you are in a highly competitive area, say legal, and you want to talk about how your law is the best law being practiced, really what you're going to want to do now is not only have some of the basics about your company or your law practice, but you also want to be answering the questions that people are asking because over time, your voice skill will actually be served up as the only answer that Alexa will give. And so there's going to be a tremendous shift um, from the web and organic web search to more of a skill, at least right now, a skill-based or an action-based uh, result because Amazon's, you know, a huge competitor of Google. So they would love nothing more to do than to completely choke off Google's source of revenue, which is paid search. And so if they can go through and give the answer as part of skills, 
there's no reason, <clears throat> excuse me, for people to go out to the web to get that information. So that's really kind of Amazon's play, and that's kind of how I'm seeing that play out. Google has a similar construct with their the way that their actions work, but they've never come out and said, oh no, well, if you search on one of our voice devices, first you'll get an action, and then you'll go to the web. They've never come out and said that, but they've also never come out and told us how a web search works either. So I think based on how SEO has played out over the past five years with going from a desktop to a more mobile ranking format, once voice search takes off, I can see voice search becoming first a nice to have and then an absolute must have in order for your content to actually be served. What do you think this is going to do in general for content creators and people who are making money primarily through online content? Because I, I think we had a kind of a sweet spot and I'm optimistic. Maybe it'll continue, but I've been thinking a lot about this, about the implications of that, especially people who are making most of their money with online courses and stuff and they're selling knowledge. Like how is this going to affect those businesses? It's going, I think it's going to affect a lot of businesses in ways that we can't even really comprehend right now. I think we're going to see the early adopters of the technology having a leg up on everyone else. Um, I can see a world where organic search to websites becomes less and less of an issue. So like if you're, if you're really focused on uh, SEO right now, and especially if you're only doing keyword SEO, you're going to run into a risk where in the next three years, your traffic is going to start to dwindle and quite frankly, could be completely shut off by this. Wow. So it's, it's, we're, we're talking like massive implications for the industry. And that's why I'm trying to be so vocal about it now. So people start to pay attention and start to invest in the technology. Cause quite honestly, it's not super prohibitive, especially for like a mid to large player to start investing as an individual, it is a little bit more difficult, but it's still not like hundreds of thousands of dollars or even tens of thousands of dollars. So I'm really trying to make as many people aware of what's about to happen. And like, there's a stat that by next year, 50% of all searches will be conducted with voice. And so that could, that could be on a smartphone, it could be on a smart speaker, but the point is, instead of someone typing in keywords, someone's gonna ask a full question to one of these devices. And if you're, even your web content's not optimized for those types of question and answer approaches, you're just not even part of the consideration set. So the crazy thing is only a third of websites that exist right now are optimized for what we call long tail. And that would be like a full phrase that someone would ask a normal question. Everything else is still keywords. So only a third of websites are even close to being optimized for how people will ask for these things. And so there's a tremendous amount of work that needs to happen on the web. And then if you want to kind of shortcut it, start investing in the skills to really get ahead of it. So we need to be thinking about, break this down for me. We need to be thinking about what questions our potential customers are going to be asking, figuring mm -hmm. out a way to optimize our content that's already online in the form of those questions and those mm -hmm. long tail keywords. Yep. And we need to be setting up, um, with a comp with a, either a company that pushes content to all these places or figuring out a way to build skills, I mm -hmm. guess ourselves. Yep. And we, we actually verbalize those skills, right? Into you could. Yeah. 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 There's uh, two different ways. It, it's kind of like once you start getting down the path, there's a couple different ways to do this, a couple different ways to do sure. that. But yeah, you could do audio files where you're literally uploading MP3s of your answers 
and it could be your voice or you could hire professional voice talent. Um, and that would be one way, or you can actually have it be more text-based and have the Alexa voice or the Google home voice be the voice of your brand. Now, having worked in advertising and marketing for 20 years, I know that most brands want to control the voice and the tone of their brand. So quite frankly, I think what's going to happen, we're about to go through a renaissance of voice acting, audio engineering, and all the things that have really kind of fallen by the wayside as commercial work dried up. I think those people are going to, are about to go through a golden age of that work because now more than ever, people are actually going to be very concerned about what the brand tone is and what the voice is. So like, is it American? Is it Australian? Is it, you know, UK English, male, female, all those things that we kind of talked about a little bit when it comes to copy tone, all of a sudden becomes a very big thing that we have to consider as part of our voice experience. So friends, if you need a brand tone voice and you need a Southern girl, Heather Parody is your woman. I got the Southern y'all twang going. I think that's going to be a hit. Um, So we're, we're winding down a little bit, but let's say you were in the first, you were an entrepreneur, you were in the first five years of your business mm-hmm. and you're listening to this. Yep. Give me a few steps of like some things that we need to do now. Yep. Um, I would say first and foremost, a flash briefing is an absolute must. And I really explain what that is, but it's really a 77 second kind of tip of the day. And so, you know, you can use cast lingo, you can use a bunch of other platforms that exist to create these things, but really think of it as my brand is giving you some information and I'm trying to provide you with value. So that's really the easy way to get in now. I've actually had inbound leads come specifically from our flash briefing. And so someone like reached out to me a couple weeks ago on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I was listening to your flash briefing and I wanted to contact you because I'm really interested in learning more. And I was like, I didn't even know people were actually using flash briefings. And then I get that to happen. So um, I think that's a great way to show domain expertise and put it in a new place that a lot of people aren't really investing super heavily in yet. Mm. Um, Then beyond that, I think the idea would be to do your audience research. And it's not even just guessing at what the audience needs, but truly finding people that are in your target audience and talking to them and saying, all right, so if you were using my service, what would you want to know? And really getting from them first and foremost, because ultimately we can guess, we can look at search logs and things like that, but the greatest way to do it is to find 10 to 15 people in your audience that you can go talk to and get that information up front, because then you're not biasing it with your own beliefs of what you want to tell people. It's literally them telling you what you need to provide to them. And then once you have that information, then you build out that skill and actually start to answer the 10 to 15 to 20 questions that the company or the customers really want to know about. How much time money should we start investing in this? Like you say invest. Mm-hmm. So when you say invest, what does that look like? I mean, if you're doing it yourself, you could probably do something for under $10,000 and that would be uh, having a skill on both the Alexa and Google platform. Um, and that could be, you know, 30 to uh, well, it'd be one skill per platform, but yeah, effectively it would just like, it'd be Heather parody, uh, you know, voice or whatever. And then you'd be on platforms. Um, so for a relatively low amount of cash, you could actually, you know, be on both platforms. Now, obviously if you wanted to use professional voice talent, such as a Southern girl, uh, you might have to work out some, you know, royalties and what that would cost. 
Um, but if you, especially if you're a podcaster, I think it's a no brainer because for a very low investment, you can go through and record information or effectively create a virtual interview. And this is something that I'm kind of noodling in my head how it would actually work. But like if someone was interviewing a musician, a movie star or whatever, you could actually take those answers and put it on an Alexa skill and have someone else that will be a part of the interview actually ask the questions. And then it just becomes like, you know, how we're going to start to interact with celebrities. So like that could be another way um, to leverage voice technology, especially if that makes sense for you. So if you have a following and people are regularly asking you questions, you probably already have the audio recorded. So it's just a matter of editing it, uploading it. Um, if you're a business and you wanted to do some of the um, discovery work, so going out and finding your audience, things like that, you could work with companies like myself. And I think you could probably, you know, start around twenty to $30,000 and certainly go all the way up to hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how involved you want to this process to be and what types of things you want your skill to do. Um, you know, I've talked to clients that want to do e-commerce and they want to sell directly through their skills and tie into backend systems. Yeah. And obviously that's going to require a lot of custom work, but for more of this question and answer format, I think, you know, whether it's blueprints or Witlingo or the host of the other platforms that are out there, you can do it relatively easily. Wow, man. <laughs> How do you think all this is going to tie into like VR and stuff? I think within the next five years, it's going to, we're going to see a convergence. So effectively what's going to happen is voice will be how we input into a computer. And actually yesterday there was a article that broke and I can't, it was the founder of Wix basically went on record as saying within the next five years, keyboards are going away. And I, I, I called this, I, I basically said within the next decade. So I, I think five years might be a little quick. And certainly as a consumer facing tool, I think they probably will go away quicker, but there's certainly going to be business applications of needing the keyboard, you know, designers, editors, um, you know, people writing books, things like that. So I still think that it's going to stick around a little bit longer than five years, but that's now been put into public domain. People are now thinking that in the next five years, this technology finally matures to a point where anyone can use it. Right now we still have issues with accents and dialect and things like that. Amazon and Google are well aware of those issues and are, current, are continuing to uh, train the model so that they get better and better and more and more people can use it. But yeah, in the next five years, I can very much see keyboards going away. I can see a convergence with virtual reality and augmented reality um, where literally it's just our voice um, where we ask for a certain thing. And then whether it's our Apple glasses or our VR goggles or whatever it ends up being, that's going to be how this information is displayed. So we're really kind of in its infancy right now. Um, you know, voice only experiences are certainly going to be part of the equation. Um, what we call multimodal or voice and screen will certainly be part of it. And there's a lot of people working on those things as well. But I think the, the headline here is people vastly underestimate how quickly this is all going to happen. And if you think about keyboards, which we've had for I mean, my entire lifetime going away in the next five years, that seems ludicrous. But if you start to connect the dots and look how this is all playing out, like I also think smartphones are going to start to go away and they won't be the same as what they are currently. Like this might be your smart or your smartphone and your Siri enabled air, you know, AirPods are kind of really how you're interacting with the world. Like that's the type of massive shift that we're about to undertake. And so I'm just trying, like I said, to make as many people aware of the implications, especially to their business, because if they get in now and start to invest, 
it's going to be a very different proposition than if they wait two to three years and now they're playing catch up. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think, you know, as a small business owner, personal brand, uh, fighting against bigger companies to get, I mean, fouled, how do we have a chance? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I, I think the chance is for the next nine months, it's wide open. It's anyone's game. Um, because as I've talked to a lot of brand managers and a lot of marketers, they didn't allocate the budget in 2019 to actually invest in voice. And so there's this fun little stat that about 30% of senior decision makers are investing in voice this year. Next year, that goes up to about 65%. And so, you know, basically the business investment is going to start in 2020. And so now for the next nine, 10 months or so, you really have the opportunity to stake your claim and really outflank some of the bigger players because they're just not there yet. Mm -hmm. the, the fun thing is consumer adoptions there. And, you know, we're basically predicting by the end of this year, 200 million devices worldwide, over 100 million in the U.S. alone. And so the consumer adoptions there, business side just hasn't started investing heavily yet. I mean, there, there's the big players like Coca-Cola, McDonald's, you know, places like that that are investing. But really outside of the top maybe 20 companies um, in the world, not a lot of people are actually playing in the space yet. So like I said, if you're a lawyer, if you are, you know, you own a bakery, like whatever you want to do, like now's the time to start investing. Because the other thing y'all know from SEO, there's probably 50 different companies that have the same name in every different city in the country. Well, once the skill thing happens, like unless someone says around me or in Chicago, like you will actually show up before all the other ones if you're there first. So I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, and I, like I said, I'm just trying to help people like get ahead because sure. there, there's so many things that are going to play out that if they don't now, it's going to severely hamper their business in the next three to five years. I bet Gary's investing. I bet he's going crazy. Yeah. Well, Mark Cuban actually is also a huge investor, um, in voice. And I watched a interview that he did with uh, Bradley Metrock yesterday, uh, which I'll, I'll send you the link cause it's, it's fascinating, but just kind of seeing where his head's at very heavily in the healthcare space. And so like the idea that doctors, instead of taking notes or typing it in the computer, will be able to just speak it and Alexa will transcribe it and put it in the medical record. Like that, that's what he's talking about. And so there's so many things that we can't even fathom right now that these technologies are going to make life easier, that it's, it's just going to be pervasive. And we'll look back in, in five years and go, wow, that's really fast. That's crazy. Scott, where can people connect with you? I know this is going to excite a bunch of people. So where can they find yeah. you and find out more about what you do in your business? Sure. So I think uh, the best way is LinkedIn. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So it's uh, in slash in slash Scott Westwater with one T. Uh, Scott with one T, I should say. Um, otherwise, Scott Westwater on Twitter. Um, I think those are the two easiest ways. Um, and then, you know, obviously my website, if you guys wanted to check that out. Awesome. I'll have all that linked in the show notes. Now kind of backing away from the whole voice thing. This could, you yeah. could answer this with what we're talking about, or it can be completely left field. But I love asking this question at the end of the interview. Let's say you were to go back to Scott 15 years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're working in yep. advertising and marketing. You weren't doing sure. any of this voice stuff, right? Cause this wasn't nope. even like, nope. okay. Let's say you were to go back with him and sit for just a moment sit yep. with him and look him in the eyes and tell him one thing. What would you tell him? I think it's do follow your dream and actually invest as heavily as you can in yourself. 
and, and really do that because as at least personally, as I worked through the system and, you know, I got higher and higher up, you know, I was investing in my profession and learning a lot of the technology and things like that, but I was never really investing super heavily in myself. And so I've actually tried to start companies a couple different times and just never gave it enough time to actually mature to where it would take off. And so I would basically go back and say, invest in yourself and stick with it because there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Like my wife and I like to say, everyone gets pie. And so the idea that there's only going to be one or two people that make money, that's just not going to be the case. And so like stick with it, invest in yourself and, uh, you know, believe in yourself because that's, I, I think it took me, well, I'm 43 now. So it took me 41 years to get to that point. Yeah. And I'd worked through corporate America for 20 plus years. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are struggling, um, in their full-time jobs. And I think that they've gotten to a point where they don't think that there's a way out and there's a better way to do stuff. And really there quite honestly is. And I think you're, you're a testament to, to, the, to that as well. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.